Vamos lá. Prepare for a whole new sporting experience. This is Sports Planet. Believe it or not, fairy tales exist in the world of football. Or how does one explain the incredible story of George Ware, a young boy who grew up in a poor neighborhood in Monrovia and went on to become the only African to be named World Player of the Year? Or how does one explain the story of Lionel Messi, a young boy from Argentina who had medical issues affecting his growth and who has gone on to become one of the greatest footballers the world has ever seen? And how does one explain the story of Winton Rufer, a young man who grew up on a farm in New Zealand who went on to become a Bundesliga legend, played at a FIFA World Cup against Pelé and beat Diego Maradona in the UEFA Champions League. Football is a sport with many stories and fairy tales, many of which have seen lives forever changed for good. Welcome to Sports Planet, your premium news and magazine sports show. Today on the show, we'll be looking at the incredible career of Winton Rufa, the New Zealand striker who went on to become the greatest footballer from Oceania. My name is Tunde Koiki. We'll take a short break now and we'll be right back with the rest of the show. If you're not from Germany, Switzerland or New Zealand, you may never have heard of Winton Rufa. While Rufa is a legend in those countries, he scored over 100 goals for three clubs in Swiss football. His goals helped Bundesliga side Werder Bremen win four major titles in the late 80s and early 90s. In 1994, he was joint top scorer in the UEFA Champions League alongside Ronald Koeman. He also represented New Zealand as a teenager in the 1982 FIFA World Cup and in 2001 was named the Oceania Player of the Century. But how did a young man from New Zealand, a rugby mad nation, become such a football icon? This is Sports Planet. I look at it like this. If you look at world football, you look at George Vea from Liberia. They haven't even been on a World Cup, at least with New Zealand. I mean, I went there at the World Cup in 82, and even Australia, which is like New Zealand. We're not traditionally passionate with football like in other countries in the world, like in Britain. But Mark Viduka or, or, or Harry Kuehl have had outstanding careers in football, even Tim Cahill. We've got to focus for the game from a very young age. So before we're even 10 years old, all we're dreaming about is becoming a professional footballer. And so we all know as well that you've got to leave your country. All of us did. So here, here's a bit of a freak story about this, you know, young Kiwi kid who went from New Zealand to the other side of the world and took on the Germans and won. <laughs> what was the World Cup like? New Zealand's first ever appearance in 1982. We were very fortunate to play in one of the best groups, you know, Scotland in that amazing era, you know, with Dalgleish, Sooners, Hanson, uh, Archibald. They had a fantastic players that we grew up with in New Zealand, you know, on the big match, watching at 12 o'clock on a Sunday in New Zealand. Just brilliant. And uh, then we played Russia, who at that time were an unbelievable side. And of course, one of the greatest teams ever not to win the World Cup, Brazil 82, Zico, oh, yeah. oh. Socrates, Falcao, Cerezo, Junior, 
Edea. I mean, what a team. Just phenomenal. Isn't, I read a story that you went out onto the pitch and uh, you were sort of lapping up the atmosphere as a young kid, taking photos and so on. And all the time, your great hero, Pelé, was wandering around the New Zealand dressing room saying hello to everyone while you weren't there. After the World Cup in Spain, I played in Switzerland for seven years. In the first three or four years, they used to call me tourist because I always take my camera with me. I just want to savour the moment. It was, you know, a dream come true. And here at the World Cup, we played Scotland, lost 5-2, Russia 3-0. I was close to scoring. And then uh, now you're playing Brazil. And my family were in the stadium and, you know, we played in Sevilla packed crowd 45,000 just all the sea of yellow and I'm just going to be playing you know you're basically playing the dream team so it was it was oh it was incredible and I'm on the pitch taking photos and all sorts and then go back into the um, change rooms of the New Zealand team and they're all half in tears because they've got shirts signed by Pelé and I'm going what's going on here and then they said you know Pelé was there and I missed out Oh, it was a shocker. Did you ever get to meet him in the end? I got to meet him in the end, and uh, I, I, actually it was another shocker. In 1998, when Sepp Blatter became president, and then in October of that year, he formed the FIFA Football Committee. So, Sir Bobby Charlton, Franz Bickenbauer, Johan Cruyff, Michel Platini, George Weah, Hugo Sanchez, Winter Rufa, and of course, Palais. And at the first meeting, we're all there in the room. And then finally, Pele comes in. He's got two sort of agents. And he came round the room. And one after another, he hugged everybody. And then he came up to me. And he hugs me. And he goes, nice to see you again. Because he can't remember everyone that he's met. I'd never met him before in my life. I said, I was just in awe and shock. I said, I've never met you before. And he sort of, you know, touches me on the face and goes, well... Now we know each other. I know I just sat back down and just made such a dork of myself, you know, and then, you know, meeting my hero, but he was just pure class, just like on the field. Well, it took you 16 years. It just goes to show, doesn't it? You know, sometimes the photo, it's worth waiting for, isn't it? Because you never know what you're going to walk out on. You then had a very successful club career in Switzerland uh, under Otmar Hitzfeld, one of the great European coaches of his time, and then went to Germany. Now, at that stage, for players from the Swiss League, you know, everyone's looking up to Germany. Italy was probably the number one, Germany number two. Obviously, there's that connection with the English language with England, but England had that problem with, um, you know, from, what was it, 1985 to 90, when they got, you know, kicked out of European Cup for five years. And when you're a player at that level and you're trying to go even higher, everyone wants to play in Europe. So that's where all the action is. And uh, so the German teams were good. They were successful, and uh, I wanted to go and play in a German side. And I got lucky then to be able to sign with um, Werder Bremen. I had six wonderful seasons in the most successful era of Werder Bremen's history, and it was re- it was really special. And you won four trophies with them, but also on a personal level, you finished joint top scorer in the European Champions League with Ronald Koeman in 93-94, and that's something that very few people know about. Yeah, well, it was um, at that time. 
Only the champion of each country would qualify for the Champions League. So we had, in our group we had AC Milan, Porto from Portugal and Anderlecht from Belgium. All the games were sold out and I was also very fortunate to you know, have good teammates who laid the ball on for me and I got the glory. <laughs> so pick out one highlight from your career. What's your best memory? We knocked out Maradona Napoli and uh, we got in the stadium in, in Naples and then, then the mental Italians because he was just a god there. And it's like in Gladiator before the, uh, you know, at the end of the film in Gladiator when he comes up out of the Colosseum and you walk up the stairs and next to us Gianfranco Zola, uh, Careja, Maradona and then you just come up the steps and, onto, and right beside the field and, and then there's just 60,000 mental Italians with their blue and white streamers as you just come up and then I'm thinking I could just die now I'm just I'm happy I just, it's just this is just it's, I'm not even worrying about the game and then and then Maradona's leading them out and I'm, I'm, I'm actually one of the team players to play against them well, I got his shirt after the game and scored the winner. <laughs> so one way or another, you've met Maradona and Pele, albeit over a quite a long, <laughs> large amount of years, but you did it. Winton, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much and uh, remembering your great moments with such fondness and such humour. Yeah, you're welcome, Manny. Thank you. Sports Planet will be right back. Stay tuned. And here is where we call time on today's edition of Sports Planets. You can send me all your sports views, questions and comments on Twitter or just follow me at Babatune Koiki. And for more sports stories from all across the world, visit www.completesportsnigeria.com and you can click on the Sports Planet button on the website to listen to this episode or previous episodes of the show from our podcast archives. Before we go, let's tell you that the Asian country of Sri Lanka will now employ game wardens at the country's cricket stadium to prevent elephants from disrupting matches. The stadium is built just 100 meters away from a jungle which is home to a herd of 25 wild elephants. The sports authorities will employ 10 wardens to ensure that fans do not strain through the jungle and provoke the elephants. Mm. On behalf of our production crew here in our studios, my name is Tunde Koiki, wishing you all a pleasant evening and guaranteeing you that the planet is listening.